in for a hundred grand six months before the first ever festival, thinking mm. it was going to cost a hundred grand to put on. Yeah, I ran out of money. Um, yeah. Obviously, as you know, we had to remortgage the house um, to find another two hundred grand. Well, it cost three hundred grand to put on a year one. I was expecting it to be a hundred grand. That was the big risk, and if no one turned up at that front gate on that first day, we lost the house. It's simple as that, you know. And and looking back now, twelve years on, I'm glad we did take the gamble. Um, but year one was a huge gamble. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup You, inspiring, educating, and connecting the startup community to help you make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup You, the regional delivery partner for Virgin Startup. Each episode provides the story of an entrepreneur who talks us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. Welcome to episode 113 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell. On today's show, it's my pleasure to welcome Roger Woodall, founder of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival. So today's episode, I've split into two parts. First part was recorded live at one of our events back in January in Bournemouth, talking how to build a knockout brand. And this is Dodge's take on what he did to build a Bournemouth Sevens Festival into what is very much a knockout brand from 4,000 people in year one to over 30,000 people coming up to year 12 now. So we dig into his career, how he got into uh, the promotions industry, promoting events and then promoting festivals, also growing a clothing brand as well. Whereas part two, I was intrigued enough after listening to him at uh, this event to uh, schedule in some time with him at his HQ and dig a little bit deeper, find out more about uh, the man himself, what makes him tick, find out um, about his family, uh, finding out what it takes to put on an event such as the Bournemouth 7, what goes into it, what are the emotions involved from day one when everybody turns up to the day when everybody leaves on the final day of the festival. So what are the emotions like? We also touch on things like the Manchester bombings, the Ariana Grande concert, how that impacted their festival a um, couple of years back. We talk mindset. We talk about earning the right for repeat business. And we talk about temptation, the grass being always greener, um, offers that he's had for the business, offers to launch multiple events in different locations. Um, and a very pertinent fact that most festivals take seven years to make a profit. Dodge has made one from year one. Without further ado, let's start up. I started in 2008, but a bit of background on myself, I guess, was uh, played sport all my life from a sporting background, went to sports schools, then went to Loughborough University, do P sports science and more rugby and drinking beer and partying, basically. Little work. <laughs> um, and in my final year, at university, I went to a local nightclub and said, you charge £2 a ticket, can we make it £3? I'll take a pound, you take £2. And they agreed. So it's probably the best deal I've done in the past 20 years. But, um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, in my final year, I had a nightclub in, uh, promoting a nightclub in Loughborough and I had a nightclub in London, Wandsworth on a Tuesday in my final year. And I was the first one to really 
the first one to really sort of be the pioneer of student nights. Um, and in my final year, I was like going up and down the country, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'll take the dorm money, they take the bar money. Um, we increased the capacity from 1,000 people in Loughborough to 2,000 that year, every Wednesday night after sports nights. So everything's revolved around sport and uh, it went from there really. And when I finished my degree, I decided why well, I'd be a promoter. So I ended up, I built a brand called poppycherry.com, which basically in 1999, we uh, took the Pasha logo. Does everyone know the Pasha logo? So we took that and created poppycherry.com, which was a student night that went around. We had 12 cities every, uh, every week around the country. So we built up a nice brand there for 10 years. Um, and then decided there's a gap in the market that no one's really done before, and that's creating a sports and music festival. Um, and you had Dubai Sevens and Hong Kong Sevens and Cape Town Tens, etc. And you had many festivals here in the UK with Glastonbury and Reading and Leeds and everything you see, you know, it's the biggest festival culture in the world we've got, and we're very lucky with that. And uh, decided there was an opportunity to create a sport music festival and really went for it, not, not having a clue what to do apart from being a promoter, all of a sudden being a promoter in a nightclub, you take the door, they take the bar, you drive home. All of a sudden you're in a field, camping, toilets, showers, licensing, policing. It goes on and on and on and I sort of jumped in with two feet. Um, year one thinking it was going to cost 100 grand uh, and I ran out of money with six months to go, which is a, which was a shock to the wife. Um, so we had to make that decision. In 2008 there was no Obviously, no, no one was lending money because of the crash. Um, what else went on then? It was, it was really tough times, in fact, because we're in for 100, run out of money, no banks were loaning, no sponsors were getting on board, everyone, everyone shut, shut shop. So it's, right, what's the last thing to do? Shit, what are we gonna do? Right, remortgage the house. So we remortgaged the house, which wasn't a good idea at the time, but it's a good idea now, thank God. <laughs> Um, so we remortgaged the house and it, it, it ended up costing us 300 grand to put on. So if no one turned up on that first day, we lost the house, as simple as that. So everything was on the line. Um, and back then in 2008, no one was buying online. No one would buy, put their card in and go, I'll buy 15 tickets for me and my friends at 50 quid a pop. There was none of that. So it was just waiting on the day for people to turn up and buy tickets on the door, which was very scary. And praying that the weather was nice and it turned out to be nice. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my story and that was 2008 and now we're 2019. We're coming into our 11th year of Bournemouth, 12th year of Bournemouth Sevens. It's gone from 4,000 people to 30,000 people, 400 teams. Um, and it's got a lot larger than I ever dreamt, to be honest. So that's my little story. But I had a vision of seeing a gap in the market and I did exactly the same 10 years before with the students. No one was doing, no one was a pioneer of the student nights around the country. I saw a gap in the market, I thought, well, I need to jump on this early doors. So I, I, I went for it, thinking, right, I'm just going to do a rugby, rugby tournament, stroke sport and music festival, year one. And I thought, right, all these teams are coming in. I, I was expecting 24 teams, and we had 96 teams coming in. And back then, people wouldn't pay online, as we guess, as you know. People were sending checks to my house, and one morning it was three checks, and next morning nine checks for team entry. It was unbelievable. So I thought, right, how, am I, how do I get loads of women there? <laughs> So, so we didn't want it to be just a sausage fest. So we went, right, how do we get loads of women there? Let's, let's, let's bring in netball. So we thought, right, netball, perfect. Lads, women, this is going to be fantastic. So then we created that. And then we had this, another influx of 96 netball teams. 
So we thought, well, we've got this core audience here who are really buying into the weekend. They're buying into the camping Friday, Saturday, Sunday. How do we get another influx of audience? Right, okay, let's throw a massive party. And in that party, everyone from different parts of the country would come down and join their friends, and it's just evolved from that. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, but you answered it perfectly. All right, so yeah, that's all, yeah. Well, thank you. Question to start with Dodge. Um, how much of you is in, is in your brands, and how much has there been an interplay between Bournemouth Sevens and yourself as, as the brand? Um, good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think because I brought the sports side and the promoting side together, I'm guessing that I wanted to create a brand that reflected everything that I love about going to a party in a field. I've been to many music festivals, but I wanted to create something for the sports people around the UK where they're finishing their end-of-season tour. They're going on their end-of-season tour to Bournemouth Sevens all around the country, around Europe, from Hong Kong, Dubai. They're flying in to come to this festival because we've all got the same mentality. You know, the love of sport, the love of beer and fancy dress and just having fun and music. So um, I've kind of created something that's, that I would love and all my mates would love. And it's sort of grown from that. And every year we're tweaking and improving, adding new arenas, adding new celebs, adding more and more and more and more and more. So I love that um, MILF thing you mentioned earlier. <laughs> we maybe have a MILF tent with all my servants with cider. <laughs> Linking it to cider. What was it again? Uh, what is that? Man, I love fruit. Fantastic. <laughs> going back to, going back to um, what you were saying earlier, I think, I remember in 2008, we created, I don't know if anyone's seen the Bournemouth Sevens logo, which is the rugby ball and the Sevens inside it. And I thought, right, I need to make a big impact. There was no social media back then. How can I make a massive impact? So I created the Bournemouth Sevens ball and we created uh, the Superman logo, but as the Sevens, I don't know if anyone ever remembers that. And I thought, right, I'm going to be really cheeky here and uh, see if I can get away with it for a while. And hopefully I'll have a massive reach before then I think, oh God, I've been caught. Um, so I remember it took me about six months to work with Ticketmaster. The Ticketmaster were very specific who they would work with. They wouldn't work with an unknown festival or event or what have you. So it took me about six months to get Ticketmaster on board. And I thought, if I get Ticketmaster on board, I give them my logo. They're going to put that logo out to worldwide. And hopefully everyone's going to know about Bournemouth Sevens. When that happened, it went out and it went worldwide. It went on the, all their, all their um, web pages, etc. And I remember about three days later, I got a uh, letter through the door and it was a stamp on the front with Warner Brothers. I thought, oh no. <laughs> At that time, I thought, okay, people will get away with it. And we got away with it. I phoned them up straight away and said, apologise, we'll change it straight away. So I remember going around, we were working from my garage in my house at that time. So we went around to a friend's house and designed it at three o'clock in the morning, panicking, trying to change this logo to what it is today. So yeah, those little things are what you mentioned, I think are fantastic to really get your brand out there and give it a, give it a wow, be a bit cheeky as well and see if you can get away with it. I think brand association is really, really important. Linking brands to, to your brand. And don't be afraid to have partners. Don't be afraid to link up with people. In the UK, people have got this fear of, oh, I'm not going to partner with them. They're not, they're not for me. They're not for me. The more partners you've got, the more business you can create. That's what we've done. It's a massive UK thing. You go to America, it's like high-fiving each other. Like, yeah, Ben, we'll be your partner. We'll be your friend. And over here, everyone's very, no, 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 no. You're not good enough for us. And just open yourself up to everyone. It, 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 really, it really does work.
have you gone about building a team to start with yourself your wife a field and a bunch of rugby teams yeah how'd you scale that um well we started obviously well, we started back in 2008 working out the garage didn't have any money for staff but we've built a wonderful team um and i just like to employ i like to get people who are team players and sports players because they've got the same mentality of grafting looking after each other uh, the great communication on the ball take mickey out of each other and it's light-hearted in the, in the office and that's what this sort of that's what we create, and we created a wonderful team now. There's only seven of us, eight of us, including my wife, nine of us, in fact, the seven full-time, and uh, we've got an absolutely fantastic team who, who spend a lot of time with each other. They go to festivals together, they go on holidays together, they drink together. It's just, it's like a little family, and it's uh, headed up by my managing director. He's here, Craig. Where's Craig go? He's hiding. <laughs> but um, Craig's been with me for eight years. The festival's been going for 11 years now, coming to our 12th. Um, Craig came along eight years ago and knocked on the door and said, really want to work for Diamond Sporting Group. I want to be involved with sport and music and be something based in Bournemouth. There's not many companies like us in the UK, let alone in Bournemouth. And I said, I haven't got enough money for you. He told me his salary. It wasn't a lot now compared to then. And I said, I just can't. And, but then I, then I said to him, here's what I can offer you. And back then it was, you don't mind me saying, Craig. No, it was 14 grand. And I gave him my word and I said to him, you're going to, grow with the festival so you come on board in 2011 I was year three into the festival still you know paddling like anything underwater like a big swan at the front pretending it's all fantastic <laughs> and um, yeah he's, he asked to him when I grow you're going to grow with me um, if festival does well you're going to do well and six seven eight years on he's managing director shareholder and uh, runs the show good. what was the question <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Have you gone about building a team? So maybe building a team around good people and get people, all all our staff there, the people who do the jobs that I used to do. I used to juggle, all of us, everyone in business here must know you're juggling three, four, five people to jobs you can't afford to pay someone 35 grand or 60 grand or whatever it may be. So you're doing everything. And lucky I'm in a position now where we've got the team doing everything that I used to do and they're much better than I am. I just guide it, open doors, promote it. Do the, just open doors, really. Um, I guess be the face of it. Yeah. But it's actually the team behind it who really are the nuts and bolts who make make the well-oiled machine work each year. You know, because remember we're building up to in business. You can some businesses are very different. You're constantly going, 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 going. There's no end. There's no end to it. It's constantly going. With a festival, you're building up 362 days of the year for one weekend. You know, and a lot of things can go wrong before that festival. Um, so there's a big gamble. There's a massive risk in the festival these days. You know. It's, Cost well over a million pounds to put on, so you've got the, all that up front, and the, uh, you know the risk is there. Um, but yeah, but when you've got a good team around you, it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable um, that they've got pressure on their shoulders when they're they're cool with it. They understand it. They've been there. Most of them been there three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, and we're just building this lovely, lovely little family that everyone's getting looked after. Everyone gets fantastic wages. Everyone gets forty days off a year, thirty-five, thirty-six. We we'll go to festivals together, and it's just more fun than work and if you can get the fun bit right everyone else will follow and what we've created is a festival that has become grown very 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 big over the years and because we offer good value for money and in any business there's no conversations here if you offer good value for money on whatever you're selling it's quite, it's quite easy well, it's easier to sell um and customer service and just be and if people have got things to say don't don't block them and you hide behind the brand. Be the person to speak up. Yeah, no problem. I'll deal with that. 
Nemo's come through, we'll answer everyone. You know, and you create this wonderful bond. But going back to staff, they're all fantastic. And they're all local. All our contractors are local. We keep everything Bournemouth-based. We're all local. Um, and we're doing good things, putting sport on the map for Bournemouth. Dodge, um, so far you've resisted the temptation to sell the business or exit the business, despite people sniffing around and seeing what a good job you're doing. Um, clearly you've got reason, reasons for that, you, you, but you've also sold uh, one brand earlier this year, or last year, sorry, Viper, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we sold, uh, we created a sportswear brand called Viper 10 in uh, 2010, um, and we sold it in August 2018. Didn't want to sell it, but I got a phone call one evening from a chap saying, I'm John Stevenson, I would like to buy Viper 10. So, is that you, Chris? I think it was one of my mates mucking around. <laughs> and, uh, and I said to him, oh, you, you confused me a little bit here. Can you put it on email so I can see your footer and your website, etc." And he told me uh, what he told me that evening and then we, we got the email and he was saying that, he, well, basically he owns a Stevenson's, which owns, is a, uh, he's got all the deals with all the private schools around the UK for their blazers, tracksuit bottoms, everything he does. He does everything from Lithuania. Uh, they're based in England, but they make everything in Lithuania. Our factory is in Lithuania. He's been watching us for three years and said, I want to buy you. So the conversations went on from there. Um, he came down, we shook hands, and we, we'd done a deal. Eight months later, back and forth, the lawyers and accountants, and it cost a fortune. Um, yeah, we sold it in August 2018. So. Yeah, really quite proud of that. And uh, this year we had at Bournemouth Sevens, it's all happened all this last couple of years, really, at Bournemouth Sevens, the, um, you've got uh, a big company called Live Nation. I don't know if anyone knows Live Nation. They own 1,300 festivals and they own Ticketmaster and they're worldwide. They wanted to buy, they see our business model at Bournemouth Sevens and can't quite believe the amount of people we get to a festival without having big headline acts. Um, and one thing we did when we went into this business was to create a sport music festival and actually and stand out from the crowd. Instead of being a music festival where you uh, tickets go online, um, and before they go online, they have this four or five million pound lineup Kings of Leon, this DJ, that DJ, Judge Jules, whatever it may be. And uh, our business model isn't that. Our business model is you can have an amazing weekend, a great crack, through 30,000 people partying in the field, loads of entertainment, playing all the music you want to hear not the DJs music, you know, 40 bands, 40 DJs. And they can't believe that we get all these people without any big lineup. So they've been in contact for the last year. Um, they came down, we had three, three or four meetings previous before the Bournemouth Sevens this year. They came down to the festival um, and they, made, they wanted to buy 51% of Bournemouth Sevens this year. Um, their competitor, AEG, um, did the same. They came down this year, we had lots of meetings with them previous, and they want to buy 30% of the festival. Um, but I don't want to sell it. I love it too much. You know, it's my passion, it's, it's my baby. So that was the end of part one, recorded live at one of our Screw It Just Do It events in Bournemouth back in January the 23rd, um, talking about how to build a knockout brand. Next live events you can find out about via Eventbrite by looking at the Screw It, Just Do It page. We're in London on March the 13th and in Bournemouth on April the 3rd. So part two, I was intrigued enough after hearing Dodge speak at that event to find out a little bit more about what makes the man tick, what's made him as successful as he is. Um, so we talk about a whole range of things, 
We talk kids. We talk careers. Uh, we talk his wife leaving her safe job at JP Morgan to go all in uh, with Dodge and that very first Bournemouth Sevens. We talk a little bit more about the industries in, um, what it takes to earn the right for repeat business, and how tempting it might have been to launch multiple events throughout the country, even abroad, um, and what it takes to put on a good show. We also touch on the Manchester bombings at the Ariana Grande concert, and we talk mindset, difference between the UK and US, where people wanting to see you fail, people wanting to see you succeed. And also an amazing fact that most festivals take seven years to make a profit. Dodge and the Bournemouth Sevens made a profit from year one. So I really wanted to know what it takes to be able to do that. But before we dive into that, I start off by asking him about his son Alfie, who on his fifth birthday decided to ask all of his friends to give him cash instead of presents so that he could give a donation for the Hope for Food charity in Bournemouth. Um, I saw it in the local press, thought it was an amazing thing to do. So we start off by me asking Dodge um, a little bit more about that story. Yeah. So how, how did you, um, the path from want to be West Ham footballer to putting on um, what's now, I believe, the world's largest sports and music festival yeah how did that even happen oh wow that happen? <laughs> well it was as a young age at five like you say you, you looked up and you supported West Ham you wanted to be a footballer and then you got introduced to rugby um, at a very young age as well and I followed the path of rugby um, and obviously rugby sports scholarships at school and then going to Loughborough University and playing playing my rugby there and then going to Leicester Tigers Academy and then realising that you've got a passion for bringing people together and mm. throwing parties. And that's what I did for 10 years up and down the country. Set up a student night, a student brand. We had 12 parties each week in different cities. Did that for, for 10 years. And then come up with the idea of creating Bournemouth Sevens Festival, which is a sport and music festival, which is very unique, as mm. we all know. It's not just about music. It's about, it's about sport and music. Um, and we've created something unique. And fun, um, and yeah, that's really that's really the journey. And what was the some of those challenges initially? What, what was the hardest thing? Was it was it finding the right venue, being offered the right dates, yeah. Um, yeah. finding the people who would come, or, or all of those <laughs> everything, everything, absolutely everything. So <laughs> right. what, what I know now, obviously, twenty years on, this is my twentieth year of being a promoter, but. Actually, it's coming to my 12th year of being a festival, you know, owning a festival. So mm. date is absolute key in the calendar. Right. Whatever you put on, date is absolute key. Venue location is absolute key. If you get those two right and you've got the right product, things can work. Mm. There's too many music festivals out there at the moment coming about and realising the sums don't add up and failing after a couple of years. Mm. There's a lot of festivals that I've seen in the past two or three years all around the UK going kaput. It's mm. really sad to see, really sad. Do you think it's come down, because it was like a massive wave, wasn't it? Like you say, maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago that there seemed there was a festival every day of the week. Absolutely. And then, like you say, some of them aren't making it to that third, fourth, fifth Well, there's year. too much pressure. Mm. There's too much financial pressure. People are spending one, two, three, four, five million pound on acts before they sell one ticket. Wow. Let alone putting on the festival on top of that. Mm. Let alone staff cost, infrastructure, higher fees, mm. everything else that goes with it to put on a festival. And all of a sudden you might be in for 
five mil, you haven't sold a ticket yet. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of bloody tickets to sell to break even. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and people are fickle, Mm. you know, and and people will hold back and, you know, each person's got one festival in the the summer in that 12-week period and they'll look at it and say, who's got the best lineup? Yeah. And if you're in that world of just about lineups, Mm. I think it's a very dangerous game because one year you might have a fantastic lineup and you might sell... 50,000 tickets the next year your lineup's not as good mm. because another festival's got the people the DJs you want mm. you might only sell 20,000 tickets all of a sudden you've lost a couple of million quid yeah yeah that's how you know the, the festival world can be very lucrative it can also knock you for six and do you think you've benefited then by creating something where the repeat business is massive yeah for sure mm. for sure we, you know we, you, you earn the right for repeat business um, and We've invested a lot of money into it, our infrastructure, um, the atmosphere that we create, all the mm. arenas, and we put on a really good show. Um, people leave there wanting more, mm. you know, and <clears throat> when people leave wanting more, they tell 20 mates. Yeah, yeah. Before you know next year, they're bringing 10 of those mates with them. Mm. Um, it sort of rolls like that, and um, yeah, just it, we, we, we give good value for money, and people keep coming back, and like you say before, we have a hell of a lot of repeat business. Mm. Um, but each year we're constantly tweaking and improving to take it to the next level. So you got something new again this year? Tell me about or a few few new things. Yeah, there's quite a lot. Of, there's quite a lot of new things this year. Um, we're moving the <clears throat> the VIP is going to take over the whole area um, behind the main pitch. It's called okay. the VIP Coliseum. Yeah. Um, there's loads going on in, go, going on in there, and that's a real big piece for us. We're investing heavily in there this year, mm-hmm. um, and. The VVIP, we're investing heavily in that. It's on the other end of the pitch. Um, we've got the bunker. We're investing in a lot of things. We've got some real cool things hidden up our sleeve as well. I don't want to say too much just now. <laughs> but you, but yeah. you've got a new website where people can yeah, obviously absolutely. go and have a... Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, you reveal we, bits and pieces. Yeah, we reveal yeah. bits and pieces as time goes on. And, right. you know, tickets went on sale on the 1st of Feb this year. Our mm. events on the on the last bank holiday in May, on the, on the 24th to 26th of, 6th of May. And tickets are flying and as a promoter you when you put tickets on sale you never know how they're going to go mm. you know you can't the things you can't control is when people are going to spend but yeah people are, you know what we've noticed over the years people are just gearing up ready for that first of february to buy their tickets and ticket sales have gone through the roof and you know i say this every year cool. and you, sometimes you have to pinch yourself you know you must must be doing something right do you still question yourself like every year yeah, and think, of course, you yeah, yeah, yeah you know you don't You're the same as everybody else yeah i don't yeah. i'm not sure we don't question ourselves because we're, we're, we're we're, you know, we're confident in what mm. we do, what we put on. We put on mm. a really good show and a safe show and good fun and the atmosphere mm. there is electric. Um, and we never sit on our hands and we're always looking to improve in every angle. And because the ticket price is bang on and it's, it's, it's like I say before, great value for money, people just keep coming back and wanting more. Mm. Um, and, you know, we get emails coming through and text messages, I'll oh, put another one in another part of the country, <laughs> you know, or can you do another weekend in the same venue? But, because they've got to wait a year for the next yeah, one. Yeah, you've got to wait a year. Yeah. And, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to plan mm. and, and organise. And um, but there must be there must have been that temptation to go. Okay, we'll do a, a an end of year one. Uh, obviously, it's the end of the rugby season yeah. for, for the May one. But is there a, another date that that or you or you do multiple sites? Yeah. There must be so many we've temptations. Yeah, yeah, we've looked at all that, and you know, you can go chasing yeah. go chasing your tail on these things where mm. where you know. I'm, old enough now to realise I've been in the game long enough that 
by having two doesn't mean you're going to double the double yeah. the amount of profits doesn't mean you're going to double the amount of people going to your festivals mm. the way I see it personally is if you know there's been a lot of people replicating what we're doing around the country and five or six seven of them and they're all gone really yeah they're all gone from Cardiff mm. to Manchester to London to Gloucestershire they've you know they've all gone and, wow. and there's only a certain amount of sports people out there who are looking to do their end of season tour mm. you know whether it's netballers whether it's hockey players whether it's rugby players yeah, um, dodgeball, volleyball, um, and I would be scared if I'm honest with you. If I was to put on another show somewhere, say like if I did Cardiff Sevens, yeah, <clears throat> I'll be thinking, am I robbing Peter to pay Paul? Yeah, yeah. you know the, the people who come to us are very loyal, and we mm. look after them. If they knew that the founder of Bournemouth Sevens has created this new one in Cardiff, they may say, you know what, this Cardiff one's going to be fantastic because Roger Woodall's putting it on. Should we go mm. to Cardiff this year and not Bournemouth? They wouldn't get it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're splitting your crowd. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the worst thing you want yeah, to do. Yeah. You know, if there was a, a big pool of more people to pull from, I guess mm. you'd look at that option. But yeah, yeah. for us to go to Cardiff, we have half of Wales coming to Bournemouth Sevens. You know, <laughs> so that be that wouldn't be. A, I don't think that'd be a clever move for us. And yeah, you know, it takes a lot of a lot of time, and there's a lot of pressure putting on an event. You know, remember you're building up 362 days a year for this one weekend mm. and you're relying on uh, on good weather you're relying on ticket sales you're relying on teams buying into it you're relying on all these things and mm. things that are out of your control and what and what's that feeling like um on day one when you see the first people appear or probably the night before is it when like the campers uh, it's arrive? an amazing feeling still oh man, god so i tell you what i i love it's like that, that build thing. it and they will come yeah well it's kind of <laughs> it takes two weeks to build the whole site does it yeah wow okay so you know, two weeks is you're building the site and you're getting excited. And when Friday comes and the doors open and all the campers are there, thousands of people queuing up before the doors open. Mm. You know, they come from all parts of the country mm. and, and Europe to come in and yeah. walking down the queue and saying good morning and afternoon to them, having a little chat with them. Yeah, that's one of the nicest parts of the weekend for me. <laughs> you know, it gives it that personal touch. Yeah, which which yeah. you know, and, and that's what I like to do. And. Um, the flip side of that, what's it feel like on um, when the last person's left and you're left surveying? Oh, oh, that is relief. <laughs> That's like, where, where are the plane tickets? Oh, I'm out God, of here. Honestly, get me out of the country now. Get you to Ibiza. Um, yeah, no, that's a that's a lovely feeling as well. That Sunday night at one o'clock when you've, you know you've put on a good show. You know that everyone's left the site or everyone's back in the campsite. Um and the police are happy and the council are happy and mm. our security are happy and all our staff are happy, but everyone's shattered. Yeah, yeah Literally, bet. people are walking. It, it, it's, you know, working three whole days solid, mm. finishing at, say, three, four in the morning, getting up at six in the morning, make sure the site's clean for the next day. You know, mm. Little pickers work overnight for seven hours, so when you arrive on the Sunday, it looks day. like a brand new site again. Wow. wow. You know, so there's lots of things that go on behind the scenes. Mm. Um but yeah, even more relief. I think is on the is when the show finishes on the on the Sunday night at one a.m. That's a lovely feeling. And then coming back on the Monday morning and making sure everyone in the campsite is all has left the site and mm. everyone's left safely. Yeah, and yeah. then that that feeling you've got a weeks taking down the whole site. Um, huh. Two weeks to put up, one week. Yeah, one week. Two weeks to put up, one week to take down and. Huh. Yeah, going back to your question, that's a that's a great feeling. Mm. And you know, the feeling really is, 
it, it's not about it, for us what comes first is putting on a good show mm. you know if the finances are good afterwards that's just a, the cherry on the top but yeah most important they're putting on a safe show and people want more when they leave and that's what we seem to be creating mm. um and, and then you, we're straight into we're straight into planning. I walk. I'm walking around the site and say this year I'm walking around the site taking notes on how can I prove for the following year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say to me, "Are you mad? What are you just <laughs> this year? I can't help myself." No, no, no. I get that. You know, we're trying to really push boundaries. Yeah. And um, has there been anything, whether that was maybe year one or, or even now, that that happens on that weekend that has um, that you hadn't planned for that surprised you? That's been like challenging. Yeah. Any any particular? Um, that's been challenging. I mean, is that the policing, the council? Has that all been smooth? I think, I think in I think with the I think I'm not sure what year was it? With 2018, I think it was 2017. A week before Bournemouth Sevens, there was the Manchester bombings at that concert. Yeah, Ariana Grande was. That's that? right. Yeah. I think yeah. it was a week before, a couple of weeks before. Uh, and as a promoter and a festival yeah. owner, you're thinking, geez, we need to really tighten ship here and. Yeah. I, I spoke with the police and, you know, we are thorough searchers at mm. Bournemouth Sevens. I can vouch for that. Yeah, thorough searchers. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. are getting searched. We yeah. don't care if it's, you're going to have to queue an extra half an hour. We're mm. doing it for the safety of our customers and, and making sure we put on a safe event. And when that uh, happened, that really hit alarm bells. And I spoke to the police and, and we got uh, the police down there with um, two police with machine guns standing right. on the front gate, mm. sniffer dogs. I didn't care how much I had to pay or whatever. I just wanted it to be super yeah, yeah. safe. Absolutely. You know, you think of all these 18 to 30-year-olds coming in and, mm. and yourself, yeah. 40 plus. <laughs> 30, 31. <laughs> 31. <laughs> you know, it, it made people it made people very safe, yeah. feel safe. But it's odd. It is odd as well when you're walking into mm. a festival and thinking, why is there machine guns? Yeah. But, but people knew mm. we were doing it for the safety of everyone. And that was a, that was a real good point, in fact. That was a... Mm. A point we had to make a big decision and we went for it and it, it worked and yeah. it would certainly deter anyone if they were thinking of doing anything so yeah, yeah, on yeah. The, front, the front door of the whole festival you know mm, exactly and um, last question for you Dodge um, if and any advice for anybody thinking of getting into the festival events promotion business any entrepreneurs out there who, who are looking to start a business because there are a lot of people who come out of university obviously been to a lot of music festivals yeah. and want to go I could do that that, look, that looks easy enough yeah. get a lot of people in the field yeah. Yeah. but it's not it's not oh, <laughs> if it was that easy I think everyone's doing it but you are right there's more and more people doing it and wanting to do it because it's a sexy business to be in mm. saying you own a festival run a festival you're throwing a big party and a whether it's a two-day festival or three-day, everyone wants to do that. Mm. Um, and when it works, it's fantastic. But I've seen a lot of a lot of festivals fail. Um, yeah. And I think one of the main reasons for that is, is looking at your audience, looking at your competition, looking at the date, which I spoke about before, looking mm. at the venue. You know, there's lots of things, yeah. you know. And then the most importantly is, can you sell the tickets? And if you can sell the tickets, if you believe you can sell the tickets, great, but make sure you've got secondary spend. Mm. people seem to forget that you yeah. need secondary spend you need people drinking on your bars you need people buying camping you need mm. you yeah. need sponsorship yeah, great well, sponsors coming in coming on board you need to upsell for VIP mm. you need good caterers coming in who are going to pay you as well there's, a, there's an array of there's an array of income yeah, well, you've just got to make sure you're ticking all those boxes because just by going on tickets alone and people not drinking and uh, it doesn't work because so you just break it even with you you're going to lose money you'll yeah. lose a hell of a lot of right. money and Mm. You know, I've, you know, I'm on, quite active on LinkedIn. 
that's probably most people know. Yeah. Um, I'm here to help a lot of people as well. People email, yeah, LinkedIn on me and we'll have a conversation with them. Mm. Yeah. I can have your advice. I'm sitting yeah. at this festival. I've been running this festival for two years. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Mm. I'll be brutally honest with them. Give them my mobile number. Give me a bell. I'll, I'll help you. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be paid for anything like that. If I can give you some advice that's going to improve your festival, I want to see festivals succeed. I want people in business to succeed. So if you'd like to get in touch with Dodge, then as he says, LinkedIn is the easiest way to get hold of him. He genuinely seems to want to help people um, succeed um, in his industry um, with the attrition rate having been quite high recently with everybody thinking they can put on a festival and make it succeed. Um, Really enjoyed speaking to him. It's one hell of a business, um, one I'm sure that many of us would love to have. Um, And... For me, a couple of things uh, to touch on. Um, mindset, um, always massive. And I'm very much with Dodge on this one that um, love to see people succeed. Don't understand remotely the mindset of wanting to see people fail, building people up, knocking them down. So always be positive in everything you do. Always believe that you've already succeeded in what you're going to do. Always talk about it in the past tense that you have succeeded that you've already done it um, and you will get there. Um, temptation, grass is always greener, isn't it? Um, and really respect the fact that he hasn't gone on to thus far replicate things in, in different cities, abroad, but you know, making a conscious effort to constantly improve what he already has, um, tweaking it and tweaking it, making it bigger and better and more profitable. Um, more of an amazing experience year after year for people to come to improving the customer service, um, etc. Um, there's a hell of a lot to be said for that rather than switching focus and trying to replicate things, scale things up in multiple locations um, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and lastly, hats off to his son, Alfie. Um, sounds like he's, he's got a great family there. Um, his wife's all in on the business, um, having left JP Morgan and a safe, secure job uh, to help him out from year one. And now they're going into year year 12. And, and would it, wouldn't it be an amazing thing um, to see his son, Alfie, um, come into the business over the years as well, um, especially if he's already putting together a few DJ sets there as well. Um, if you enjoyed this, um, then as always, dive into the back catalogue, uh, leave a review, a rating for the show. Really easy to do on the app you're in. Just simply scroll down and hit the buttons for ratings and review. Let us know what you thought of this. And come and see us live. Just go to Eventbrite. Screw it. Just do it. See where we are. We're in um, Bournemouth and London, um, April, May, June, etc. Love to see you there. If you like this podcast and you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. You'll be able to see our upcoming events calendar for the UK. Pick up a ticket from as little as £10, which includes complimentary drinks and the opportunity to meet and connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, find a mentor or an investor. You'll also have the opportunity to meet our speakers and ask them your burning questions in person. Hope to see you there.
If you're an entrepreneur looking to start or scale their business, then I'd love to help you. Being part of the Startup You community means we can help you in a number of ways. Simply go to Facebook and find Startup You Club through the different groups on there and join. We can help you in a number of different ways through daily inspiration and education, through to accessing funding, investment and mentoring. In fact, pretty much anything that you'll need on your startup journey. And if you've got a great story that you'd like to share, then I'd also love to hear from you. Just go to startupu.co.uk, click on the contact page and drop me a message. I'd also love to connect with you personally. It's at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn and Twitter and at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. And if you enjoyed listening to this particular episode, then please subscribe and I'd massively appreciate a review. All you need to do is click on the ratings and review tab on iTunes and leave us your thoughts on there. Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be right. Action always beats intention. So just screw it. Just do it. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screw it, just do it to enter. Thank you.